0: This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories.
1: Welcome to the Candid Life podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into Melody Lines of Impact and I am your host Lydia Gago. Today our topic is broken and bored out and our special guest is Erica Felix. Erica was born in Detroit, raised in Maryland. She is the owner of Be Well Integrative Massage and Apothecary Carey in Redford, Michigan. She is the mother of four, lover of God's people. She attends God's Oasis Ministries International in Roseville, Michigan, under the leadership of Pastor Michael and Evangelist Sandra Vaughn. She enjoys writing, worshiping, reading watching movies and going to open mics around the city and family this is where I met Erica it was at this recent poetry extravaganza a Woodside Bible Church in Troy and she was introduced to me as Pandora mm, mm, mm. And believe me when I say it was the mystery around her that made me want to get to know her a little bit more. And what better way but to bring her on the Candid Live podcast, because those few moments that I spent with Erica that day just made me feel, I want to get to know this woman. There's a lot about her that, you know, just needs to be dug up. And so I'm so glad, Erica, that you agreed to come on the Candid Life today so erica welcome to the candid life
0: thank you so much thank you i'm glad to be here i'm excited i was looking forward to this
1: that's good so before we get into the whole poetry thing tell us a little bit about
0: yourself so yeah i was i was born in detroit and we moved from here when i was i think eight or nine Mm -hmm. and uh moved to maryland and stayed in a couple different cities there Graduated high school, went to college in Oklahoma at an HBCU, left there, moved back to Maryland. My mom moved here, so I ended up here. Life has been interesting. I am twice divorced. The uh, first marriage I had, I, I literally heard God's voice in my ear telling me not to do it, but I did not know that was God's voice at that time. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, marrying him, things would change. Needless to say, that was nine years of trauma. Um, We do co-parent flawlessly together, which is a very, very interesting twist. He has two girls. I have a girl and a boy. Second marriage was a guy I actually knew from high school. So, I had known him for over twenty years at the time that we got married, mm-hmm. and he had mommy issues. There was still trauma between he and his mother that was unresolved. And that just didn't make him a complete adult, okay? So that ended pretty abruptly, and so, yeah, here I am still smiling, still standing, but God, mm, but
1: God, you know, I'm just trying to process that and I looked at your um, picture that you sent me. I was tickled. (laughs) I was so tickled by the photograph. Family, you're going to see it and you'll be laughing too. But I loved it. It was in a hot chocolate, delicious, strong, all natural, handle with care. Just listening to what you just shared right there, you know, in spite of all the challenges that you've gone through. Yeah, you do need to be handled with care because you're God's child and he has a plan and a purpose for you absolutely and uh, you're a woman of value so it definitely brought a smile to my face yes. when I
0: read that. value and volume mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: okay but explain that mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: i think we all have substance but then there are those of us you know how um back in the 80s the women used to wear their hair like super big Mm -hmm. And they'd have all the Aquanet and it would Mm -hmm. like get bigger. That is how I feel most of God's people are.
2: Mm.
0: You know, there's so much volume to us if we just continue to walk in who he's called for us to be. Mm -hmm. And the things that we go through, we have to go through it to create that volume. It's beneficial for the kingdom. I mean, everything we go through, it's, it's not about us. And I think once we see that, we'll start to appreciate how voluminous we really are.
1: I like that. It's that mm-hmm. comfort out of the comfort that you yourself have received. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> You're oh, making yeah. me think here. Mm-hmm. When you start realizing that, yes, as much as you may be pressed and you may go through a difficult time in your life, you come out a stronger, a fuller. Wiser. Wiser. Person mm-hmm. able to give out a lot more mm-hmm. than you started out with. You get to know yourself, you get to understand your circumstances, hopefully a lot better. But you also get to experience God,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, as He reveals himself to you, if you're open to that.
0: There's always a part that I pray in all of my prayers, even if it's a fly-by prayer, but I always thank God for having more faith in me than I have in myself. Mm because i mean just think about it the stuff that he puts us through he obviously knows we're gonna make it we don't know we're gonna make it but he know we are so he take us through it i would be like Lord, thank you because yeah i didn't think i was gonna be able to breathe but right. okay here i am mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: that's good we talked about it over the table when we were together in troy and i talked about this broken and poured out song i'd written and he said you'd written a poem called Broken and poured out, I believe. Broken Hallelujah. Broken Hallelujah was it. And Mm -hmm. I thought, how candid life appropriate (laughs) because Mm -hmm. this is what the podcast is about, Mm -hmm. turning those broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact. So I'm going to invite you to just share that poem with our listeners and our viewers.
0: Yeah. A broken hallelujah, a heart that's contrite. A spirit that's been broken, a hallelujah reserved for words unspoken. Drowned out by worldly white noise, ears acquainted with grief, eyes in disbelief. A shattered cry from the depths of my heart, a broken hallelujah is conceived. It's not long before the pain is excruciating, breathing is staggering. A spirit is searching, but peace is eluding. This process is nothing like theory. Each painful twinge floods away all logical reasoning. Even pushing feels like hypocrisy. Life becomes breached in a moment's notice. Sedation seems sensible, but numbness doesn't make sense. Because we're created to sense love but pain makes everything negotiable. A broken hallelujah is nearly aborted. It's caught in the birthing position. A miscarry carried you to this point. Life had to make an emergency transition. And all that is left is your hallelujah. Broken, painful, tired, and weak. The press is too much. Bearing down is a weight. You never wanted to carry, but it's here and it's yours. The time is now. Strength reserved for this moment, a reserve that can change the course of humanity. A single act of courage in a world of cowards. Release your hallelujah, broken and all. Cut the atmosphere with your birthing cries, unashamed and unembarrassed. It's through that broken hallelujah nations are born
1: mm, So good, thank you. There's that lining there which really struck me something about pain and compromise,
0: but pain makes everything negotiable.
1: That's right. Pain makes everything negotiable. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: when you're in pain, you're going to do whatever you can to get about that pain. Wow. Sometimes that's not always the best decision because we're in pain.
1: Hmm. So what actually motivated you to write this?
0: Um. I want to say it's a Christian song that I heard and I cannot remember the name of it, who sings it or anything, but I believe the song was so profound Mm-hmm. And the words I heard was a broken hallelujah. But the words just came pouring out.
1: Mm. I mean, that tends to be how God speaks to me, just downloads the words and I write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I get a sense as a you connect very deeply with the words of this particular poem.
0: Definitely. Um, I believe this was probably written during a time where I still didn't have my voice. And all I had were words to write because your paper hears your words and uh, God hears your heart. So from how long ago, I think that is probably a piece that I did before I actually started going to open mics.
1: Mm -hmm. So that brings me to my question. How did you start this journey of poetry?
0: Um, I actually have a piece that explains that.
1: Okay. Do you have it with you? I do. (laughs) Go ahead and share it and tell us about it.
0: So this is actually called Her Story. Hmm. And it kind of breaks it all down as to how I started this journey. Here I stand before you, usually a revolutionary, but today I feel vulnerable. It was only about six and a half years ago when I found my voice through poetry, a way to express the anguish and abuse, struggling through relationship after relationship. I've held various titles, silenced by looks, spoke at, not to, told how to speak, what to say, how to say it, when to say it, when not to speak, what to think, how to think it, and oh yes, gaslighting whenever possible when these rules weren't followed. Decades of domination and manipulation. A puppet controlled by those who say they love and care about you. Those who I trusted had incestuous thoughts pouring their dysfunction onto me. My naivety and the Bible used as a weapon to keep me second-guessing every movement and thought. Raised in survival mode, molested by those closest, no longer innocent, but somehow still searching for love in the incapable hands of an 18-year-old. At the age of 15, body maturing quicker than the mind, causing chasms between who I am and who I've been molded to be. Monthly cycles fade away, my longing dream was of death. Ignoring the flutters in my growing stomach, even the pills got stuck in my throat. I'm emotionally detached, but reluctantly relinquished, just like my innocence. And that dream of death summoned my seed. All focus gone, forced to understand at such a young age, manipulation, fear, life, and death. No consolation, consideration, or communication. Business as usual. Smile, even if you're unhappy, act happy. My ability to become robotic was flawless. Appeasing audiences on runways and stages, everyone praising the pseudo version of me and I smile while shattered inside. Running to Wanting to run as fast and as far as possible, convinced once I leave, I'll be okay. Introduced to liberties I was never afforded before. Guns, gangs, liquor, and sex was my study guide in college. The classes, they were tied in there somewhere, but at least I didn't have to smile. Poor decisions made because I was used to others making them for me. Excuses mumbled for almost being expelled on drug charges. Consequential thinking, not even a factor, but after all, I was free, right? Fast forward, getting my mind right, so I think. Excited about my future told God about my plans, he laughed. My true love told me he wanted to marry me, told me to find a home for me and the baby. Nine months turned into 18 years, his only response was, y'all all right? I smiled while shriveling inside. Never thought I'd actually witnessed marital bliss. I plunged into marriage thinking that'll fix me under the guise of that's what God wants for me. A recovering chauvinistic narcissist, that was my first choice. Clearly hearing God say otherwise as I numbly recited my vows. My second try was a traumatized man-child. Both instances proved hazardous to my emotional well-being. Counterproductive to God's plan for me, I finally conceded. I was no longer interested in what man had for me. I realized I could no longer use my upbringing as a crutch. If I truly wanted life abundantly, I had to rewrite my mental narrative and I had to merge who I feel I am and who God created me to be. He allows us to be individually unique. I'm the only prototype of me. And now it's time to embrace her story, to be continued.
1: Oh my goodness. That is quite a snapshot. Yes. But within that, I see grace. A lot of God's grace just weaved right through it. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said before, everything that we've gone through, it's not for us. It's for us to be able to give our testimony to Mm -hmm. somebody, to share it with somebody, Mm -hmm. to love on somebody, to show them the same grace that you were afforded.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that it's to be continued because, you know, oh, God yeah. has still got a work to do. Yes. There's still more.
0: Plenty of work to do.
1: But there's hope. There's so much hope in that, you know, in that story. hmm You know, because sometimes we we feel that when we're going through all these difficulties or Sometimes just bad choices, just going through life. The rain mm-hmm. falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. Sometimes yeah. we just get hit by situations. Sometimes we make poor decisions, mm-hmm. but just knowing that even in the midst of that, you know, God is still present. He hasn't laughed,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he's still there and he's just waiting. Like you said in the, the poem, that he wants us to turn back mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. him. You know, he doesn't cast us away.
0: Thank God. <laughs> Thank God for that. That yeah. really
1: is such a comforting knowledge to know that yes. God does not cast us away even when we choose to go the other way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just so thankful and grateful because I don't look like what I've been through. Mm. I don't even over this past month and a half, I've I've been just completely stressing out. And every time people see me, they're just like, you're just glowing and you just look healthy and happy. And I'm like, oh, because I've been like running around with my hair on fire and, you know, just, you know, life has been lifing. And I'm like, okay, God, enough. Can I, I need a, I need a break. I need, can I get a timeout? Can I call? Can we get somebody on reserve in here? Because I'm I'm going through. And he's like, no, you got this. Somehow, yeah. some way, I'm still smiling, still standing. It's true.
1: I, I mean, I, I can totally relate to that uh, feeling of just desperately wanting a break.
0: Yeah.
1: And somehow, it's not quite coming, right? It's not quite coming. But experiencing God's grace. Yeah. Carrying you through. Yeah. The situation. Yeah. And him just sprinkling that reminder that you loved, yeah, along the way, yes, my grace is sufficient for you,
0: and I think we tend to miss even the small things, mm. you know, the little small details. you might have a kid come up and and tell you look beautiful today,
1: you know what? You actually saying that right there is exactly what happened to me about a week ago how
0: about that
1: I was at school in the field with the kids they were doing some work and this girl I don't know who this child is and as I was going back to class she just walked past and she said hi you look beautiful
0: how about that
1: and she just went on her way and I thought oh you know just just like you said you know, mm-hmm. just a, a reminder. Mm-hmm. I'm still watching. Mm-hmm. I still care. I still love you. Yeah, you're just saying that is so powerful because that's exactly what happened two weeks ago, and I was just struck.
0: God knew what you needed when you needed yeah. it, even if you didn't know that you needed it. He knew. Right.
1: It just blessed me so much. That's
0: so awesome. How about that? That's
1: good. Look at God.
0: Yesterday in church, um, during Sunday school, we were talking about how God is so devoted to us. Mm. Even when we're not even close to being devoted fully to him. Like he is 100% committed. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. That's insane. Yeah. That's so amazing.
1: It is so amazing. And when you think that, He's engraved us in the palm of his hand. Even the number of hairs in our heads That interested mm-hmm. in the details of our lives. Mm-hmm. And even when we walk away, he's still there waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The love never fails. My favorite
0: scripture is 2 Peter 3.9. And every time I read it, I have this whole picture of God sitting on his throne looking down at us while we're just like running around acting like fools and because he doesn't want to see any of us perish I can see him doing all of this like don't do it I can see him doing all of that like stop I can see him doing all of these hand gestures that just like exasperated and be like all right come on back baby I got you
1: that's good hey family we are going to go ahead and take a quick break and when we come back We are going to continue to talk with Erica Felix and just dive in a little bit more into her poetry. I'm already blessed by everything I've heard so far. I'm sure you are. So we'll be back after this quick break. God bless you. Welcome back. This is the Candid Life podcast, and I am your host, Lady Gago. Today, we are blessed to have Erica Felix with us. Erica was born in Detroit, raised in Maryland, and the owner of Be Well Integrative Massage and Apothecary. Erica, I mean, just before we we left out, very very blessed by the things that you were saying, but one of the things that really struck me though when we sat at that table in Troy was the fact that you said you had social anxiety. That totally blew me away because again, you don't present that way. You come across extremely confident. And you're a massage therapist, so you you also model, you do all these different things. It just seems like a bit of an oxymoron when you said that you had social anxiety. I mean, what is this? Is this in your head? What is going on there?
0: I don't think it's in my head. Um, I literally have had full-blown panic attacks before mm. getting on a mic. Again, I think it comes from still getting used to my voice always living a life of people-pleasing and trying to get away from that. Um, Doing massages is easy because it's one-on-one. I kind of liken me doing open mics and standing before people to athletes who have asthma and they run track or they have some high-energy sport that they play to kind of help with their asthma. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So for me, even doing my modeling, usually I'm doing photo shoots. So it's just me and the photographer. So it's still just one-on-one. But if I'm doing fashion shows, things like that, it's really to help me come out of my shell. Okay. Okay. So I'm pushing myself at that point to be visible be okay with being in front of people because i already know god has not called me to be the behind the scenes person i know he hasn't
2: mm-hmm. and
0: until i receive that i won't be able to walk fully in his purpose for me so i i need to push myself
1: well you do a fine job <laughs> You do a fine job. You're out here on the podcast. You're putting yourself forward with the fashion shows. You're standing in front of a mic to share your poetry, which, by the way, is extremely powerful. I mean, you have, you know, the Bible talks about earthen vessels with a heavenly treasure. Mm -hmm. And that really is you. And in terms of what you are sharing with people, it's just so profound. And so the fact that you push yourself out there to obedience in spite of how you're feeling yes it's commendable and I really believe that is what God is calling us to do right you can be walking in faith not in fear and as you are being obedient in doing these things he opens the opportunities for you
0: yes he does
1: bless others through that And, and I think that's a wonderful thing And that's why I have to
0: keep reminding myself. Two weeks ago when I was at church, God whispered in my ear. He said, all you have to do is take one step.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And for me, stepping outside of my comfort zone is that one step.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It's a huge step for me, but it's nothing for him. Yeah, You know, so I just have to keep reminding myself, just take the one step. Just even if it's a little baby step, just take the step. Whatever that may be to whomever, you know, it could be making that one phone call or writing that one book. That's true. You
1: you will do whatever it is that he wants you to do. So we just need there to you be go. present. So what is your next poem?
0: This one is called Just Me. <laughs> it's kind of funny because when people first meet me, they think I'm stuck up. I was told that I have a very regal presence. And so... I've been called snotty. I've been called bougie. I've been called fake. And it's just hilarious because once people get to know me, they're like, oh, you are nothing like I thought. I'm mm. like, well, yeah. But, you know, so this is why I wrote this. And, and it it's hilarious, actually. I'm not bougie. I'm just me, created by God, fearfully and wonderfully. Not living my life through the hopes and lies of those that they want to see, but walking in a path that God set before me. I'm not bougie. I'm just uniquely me. I can't follow the direction of others because God ordained my destiny. In me, he set forth a decree. So instead, I choose to rise above the need to be petty. I agree. I'm a little quirky, but trust me. I'm not bougie. I'm eclectically me. I walk quietly among the crowds, observing the scenery, cautiously awaiting my chance to share God's creativity. I catch a lot of sideways glances, and that's okay by me, because walking in these shoes require courage and dignity. So what you may deem as bougie, believe me, it's not. It's just confidently me but to God who gets the glory. To understand me is to know the God I serve. The hatred of sin binds me to him intimately. Daily dying to self and deciding to live holy, trusting God at his word that my life was predestined for victory. If only I walk in my God given authority, working out my soul's salvation with fear and trembling. You see, I'm not paying too much attention to paparazzi, following after one of these stars on Ratchet TV, not even hating on Jay-Z or Queen B. But that just wasn't God's plan for me. He created me to be his greatest masterpiece, a living portrait of his forgiveness and mercy. I'm not bougie. That's just me living righteously. What people should see is the greater one that lives within me. I'm a peculiar kind of special because I'm royalty. My life, a constant reminder of God's undying loyalty. When I serve others, I'm sharing in Christ's humility. So I smile because I'm grateful and happy. My greatest earthly assignment is to be a living testimony and to share his humble story. So when you see me, I'm on assignment. Carrying my cross gracefully. I guarantee you, I'm not bougie. I'm just incredibly blessed down to earth me. That's like that. one of my favorites. I love that. I'm just like, what you see is what you get.
1: That's what God calls us to. Mm-hmm. Like you said, not lying about walking around confidently. You're an assignment. Yeah. And I think people struggle with, seeing somebody who's confident yeah in their assignment and they see that as arrogance and yet that's not what it is you know people always talk about walking perfectly before god is walking in obedience to what he's calling you to and when you are walking in obedience to what he's called you to that's where your confidence comes out
0: when you know that you know what you know you're unstoppable.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And absolutely, uh, definitely something to, to ponder. And I hope the listeners also get the message of that. Before we close out, there is one question I ask all my guests to come on. And it's what does it mean for you to live the candid life? You're a poet, you're a mother, you're a business owner, you're a worshiper, and so much more. But as you continue to walk in obedience to the calling that God has called you to, what does it mean for you to live the candid life?
0: So I have a a phrase that I use and I call it the ministry of transparency. Mm. And I am the most open book. I probably overshare. (laughs) I probably do. I am probably very, very guilty of incriminating myself, but I know that my testimony is so much greater than the words that can be spewed back at me. Mm. So I would rather share what I've gone through. i would rather, I love sharing the trials because I also share the triumph. I had a friend of mine ask me, she's like, why do you always post stuff on Facebook? And I said, let me tell you, I said, if you look through my Facebook, from the time I started on Facebook, you will see, you can read my posts and tell, okay, she's having a heavy day today. Okay. She's having a great day today. Okay. She's victorious today. Okay. She's struggling today. Okay. She needs prayer to, I am so transparent because I believe that the church has misrepresented themselves by only showing the blessing and not showing what it took to get there. Mm. So naturally, when you have people come off the streets and they want to be saved, they want to know Christ, they want to know this awesomely, abundantly blessed lifestyle that you live, they don't see the dirt under your nails. They don't see the tears we cried. They don't see the prayers the the wailing at the wall that the women do, like they don't see the intercession and the fasting that goes forth. They don't see the Bible studies and the prayer meetings and the revival. They don't see the work that goes into any of it. And I want people to see through my walk exactly, most candidly, everything there is to see, all the good, the bad, and in between, because this is life. That's right. And I'm not going to give it to you any other way than what God is sharing with me. And my life has not been a bowl of ice cream with cherries on top.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would love to say that's the case. And I had a superior upbringing and, and silver spoons and everything I could want for and love unspeakable. And it's been hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's been hard. Mm-hmm. And And I want people to see the trials, the struggles. As well as the triumphs and the blessings,
1: yeah.
0: So they can also say, you know what? She didn't. She made it through okay. Mm-hmm. I think I got it.
1: That's really powerful, and I and I really believe that people relate and connect with those vulnerabilities.
0: I actually, uh, my my first lady and I are are actually close friends, and mm-hmm. we were out evangelizing in the neighborhood. And I just happened to have like a sleeveless shirt on. And at the time I had way more hair than I had now. So I had it like in a mohawk Mm. down my head and my tattoos were showing. And this lady, she comes out on her porch and she's covered in tattoos. And we started talking about tattoos. And then I was able to open the door for Christ. And Mm so my first lady, you know, born, raised in the church since she was like three, And so she walks up to me. She's like, you know, what did it go? Well, I was like, yeah, she's coming to church next Sunday. And I'm like, I am not the usual evangelist. I'm not the usual that you're going to see suited and booted. Yes, I've got the suits and I've got, you know, the long, long dresses to my ankles. But when the time comes, yes, I will have my hair in a mohawk and show my tattoos because guess what? God's people come in all shapes and forms and They're probably not going to, the tattooed person with the beard is not going to probably want to talk to mother so-and-so who got the church hat on. That's right. right. He wants to know that somebody can possibly relate to what he's going through. And, you know, if it's another tattooed sister, then so be it. Feel the message.
1: I think we live in a world where people feel judged before, you know, you even get a chance to say something that they're, they're already feeling judged. Yeah. And yet when you think about Jesus's life and how he related to mm-hmm. the everyday person, mm-hmm. people were comfortable around mm-hmm. him. The people who weren't comfortable are the church folk, <laughs> okay? The Pharisees, you know, they, they had issue, right? They were the people who had issue, yes. but the everyday person, those who were living their lives fully in sin, were comfortable coming around him because they knew that he wasn't out to judge them. He was there to provide salvation for them. He had an answer to their need. Absolutely. And I really believe as we relate to people on that down-to-earth level, Mm -hmm. like he did there with the tattoos, you were able to have a conversation about tattoos and that led to inviting that person to Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what God's calling us to. Mm -hmm. It's to be open and down to earth and accessible. We point people to Christ me yes. as we follow Christ, but we have to be accessible. Just me. Mm. You Just ended it me. for us. So my dear friend, before we sign out, yes. how can people reach out to you? How can they connect with you?
0: Okay, so you can connect with me. Probably the easiest way is through Facebook. Just Erica with a K, Felix as in Felix the Cat. Because I'm always on Facebook, if nowhere else.
1: Okay, that's great. Erica with the K, Felix the Cat on yeah. Facebook. Erica, can I just say thank you so much for gracing the Candid Stage. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a blessing listening to your poetry. You. So, thank so you. deep, but so powerful. Thank and you. I, I pray that as the Lord continues to speak to and through you, that he will just enlarge your tent and increase thank you. your influence. And back at you. Amen. At you. Amen. <laughs> so family, thank you so much for listening to The Candid Life. Please connect with me on livethecandidlife at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at Lydia Gago. Listen on popular podcasts including Afripods, and also check me out on YouTube. Subscribe and share with friends and family. And I can only promise you this one thing, that when you listen to this podcast, you will be inspired, challenged, and empowered to live differently so that you can impact your generation and the next. So until next time, remember your story matters because you matter. So live the candid life 24-7. God bless you.
0: Ina na Afripods